In this episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast, I am super excited to bring to you a compilation of stories from unstoppable women. These stories come from a number of my clients and they express something that they had to get through this year in 2020, the year of COVID, and how it affected their life and their business and what they did to break through and stay unstoppable. You're going to hear stories that range from physical issues to marketing issues to moving across the country and starting new business issues to really having relationship stuff that has to be worked out. These stories are stories from some of the most unstoppable women I know, and I am incredibly grateful that Tonya Reed, Alicia Darrow, Amanda Henry and Aaron Marcus have shared these stories with you. I hope they inspire you and help you stay unstoppable as well. So how was I unstoppable in 2020? I wish I could tell you that what I'm going to tell you happened on purpose, but that's probably not true. I think what served me best this past year was the fact that I approached what I needed to do as if I just needed to learn a new skill. And like I said, I wish I could tell you that I intentionally came up with that idea, but I think it just kind of happened. My primary way of getting clients is by speaking on stages. I travel nationwide and I speak on stages and that's how I meet people and I make offers and I get clients. And I was so excited for 2020 because I had reached my goal of having 20 speaking gigs booked for the year. And then March hit and by the middle of the month, pretty much all my gigs got canceled. And I went into a panic. But I do tend to be a natural problem solver. So the first solution I came up with was I tried to create what I called a cold traffic online funnel. I'm sure you've seen them where there's like an ad for a webinar that leads to something else and somewhere down the line, you end up on the phone with someone buying their program. And I'd seen all these other people do it and I've even bought some of those those, uh, Facebook programs myself. And I spent a lot of time and money on building all that. And it didn't work. And it's not that it didn't work at all, but it didn't do anything near where I needed it to do. But as I was working on that endeavor, a lot of my speaking bit gigs actually came back. Obviously, they were in person and they were on Zoom, but I was very excited about it because I'm all like, great, everything's coming back. Here we go. Yay. So the first Zoom presentation I did, in a word, sucked. I was so bad. It did not convert to any clients. I don't think I even did a half reasonably good job at delivering my content. It was bad. It just was bad. But I knew this whole Zoom presenting thing wasn't going away because I had 15 more of these booked, right? I needed to learn how to speak and present to a group on Zoom and then have some of those people become clients. And I absolutely remember being a little freaked out, frustrated, worried after that first like absolutely abysmal experience. But somewhere along the way, it dawned on me that when I decided to use speaking in front of groups of entrepreneurs as a way to get clients, I actually got training. I went and hired people to help me learn how to do it, how to put a presentation together in a way that helped create client opportunity for me. 
So I figured this was another version of that. It was just a skill I needed to learn. And I'm excited to say that I figured it out. It's different than the process I use when I'm in person, but now I have another skill. Now I have two different ways to speak to groups of people, one in person and one on Zoom. And I've learned how to convert both in a client. And the cool thing about it is that what I finally learned works for how to get clients from a virtual presentation has lent itself really, really well to social media. So all the work I did in the beginning of year that I thought was for absolutely nothing and was really disappointed about is now more successful. There is a second piece to this puzzle for me. So yes, the first piece is approaching challenges with this mindset of, okay, I just need to learn a new skill, meaning that it's actually possible. I just need to learn how to do it. But the second important piece is I really don't give up. I don't bang my head against the wall trying the exact same thing over and over, but I measure my results and I look for what went right and what went wrong, and then I try again. So I'm really excited to report that I have officially doubled my income in 2020 from the previous year. And seriously, I do not want to act for one second like it was all big deal, easy peasy. There was so much frustration and disappointment and some really serious failures along the way. But being interested in what was effectively learning a new skill and then not being willing to quit is absolutely what made me unstoppable in 2020. Hi, this is Tanya Reed. I am a hairdresser in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I have a hair salon that I've had for 19 years. I've been a hairdresser for 30. And the biggest challenge that I experienced this year was COVID when we had to close my business temporarily for COVID. And it was, it really did throw me for a loop, but not in the way that I would have expected. Not at all. We shut down March 15th, about a week before the governor closed us because my team looked terrified. So I stopped and I went to our beach place for a couple of weeks and it took me about three weeks to really just stop. And I found myself one weekend in early April in my bed for three days, covers over my head, sobbing my heart out. And the people that know me uh, accuse me of not having tear ducts. I'm not a big crier. I'd rather bop you in the nose and then go buy you a beer. I'm the mother of four boys and that's just how I operate. I just keep on keeping on. And I was a mess. I was scaring my husband of 20 years. He didn't know what to do with me. My youngest son, um, 26, he didn't know what to do with me. And they kept trying to console me. And they were saying, oh, it's going to be okay. You'll be open again soon. And I said, guys, you don't get it. You don't get it. I'm freaking out because I fucking love this. And I thought, how am I going to go back? I realized I've been pushing the same boulder up the same hill, building teams, rebuilding teams, just on that hamster wheel. And it was the first opportunity that I had to stop. And as Amira says, more please. That's what I wanted. More please. 
more time for myself, more time for my head under the covers, if that one, that's what I wanted to do, or to read. I found a passion for writing. I've been wanting to write a book forever, and I finally had a chance to stop. So what I do? I reached out to Amira. I had a VIP day with her, my husband and I, and we went and we mapped out what we really, really want, what our big, big ass juicy life would look like. And it didn't look like anything we were doing. So we put a plan in place and we decided to sell everything. We've had some, he had some family property inherited, our business property, and that's what we're doing. We're in the middle of figuring out and implementing our exit strategy. And my husband is 14 years older than me. And one trigger for me, he's always talking about us being on the same page and we're not on the same page or I thought we were on the same page. And I got really clear with him and we've had some really hard, hard conversations. And I was able to be honest with him that when he says we're not on the same page, sometimes it feels like a manipulation and it feels like we're not on the same page because we're not on his page. And we've able to we've been able to work those things out and talk those things out. And I think now we're gonna we're gonna share getting on each other's page. And that's been a wonderful, beautiful thing. And I've realized that I want to spend more time with him. It scared me to think about being home with him all the time, frankly. He's been retired for a while. So that was a little scary to think about what that would look like. And it's truly been such a blessing this year, having the opportunity to stop. And I have grown so much in my relationship with my husband, with thinking about what I want uh, thinking about reinventing myself, and that's what I'm up. That's what I'm up for. That's what, as Amir would say, that's what I'm available for. I am available for reinventing myself. So that's where I am now, and it's been wonderful, wonderful learning experience. And I've been so, so grateful that this year happened. Earlier this year, I moved to Las Vegas and I brought with me my one Mustang horse that I've had now for a year and a half. And when I got to Vegas, I had no idea what I was going to do for a job with my life. I felt emotionally completely confused. It was very frustrating. And all along throughout my life, I had always loved horses. I'd always had a huge passion for horses. So I thought, you know, what if I really could build an actual lesson program? So joining Amira's program helped me truly launch that and be successful. I learned so much with the business breakthrough sessions and the spirit of wealth. It's been an incredible year. I've now gone from one horse to 10 horses in my stable and a full program. We have 18 riders right now that are working on their goals for this month. And it's just been amazing. But I really want to focus on that beginning stage because from going from one horse to even two horses or three horses, it's really an overwhelming feeling. And it's 
you know, it constantly wears on you. How am I going to pay for this? What if something goes wrong? Can I really do this? Am I really a business person that can step into this? And I really had no idea. Honestly, in my past, I've had a lot of wild times. I've been irresponsible with money. I've, you know, just had a lot of negative moments in my life. I've been through a lot of hardship. I was in the adult entertainment industry for many years. So leaving all that behind and really pushing myself to become a business person has been a struggle and it's not been easy, but having the Spirit of Wealth Sisters with me has made it incredibly worth it. When I've told my story at the beginning of the year to them, they you know, they had no guilt, no shame around it. It was kind of just facts and it really strengthened me and provided me the leverage to be able to move forward so much faster. So I basically went from one horse to 10 horses and I just kept adding them and kept developing the processes and the strategies needed around the business. But overall, I mean, there were things that went wrong left and right. We had so many issues. There were horses that got sick and then other ones had to cover for them for lessons. We had lesson people that fell off the horses and were sad and never wanted to come back. We've had every problem under the sun. Right now we're dealing with insurance issues. So it's not like everything just falls in place and you have this dream life. But when people tell me now, oh, I wish I could be at the barn all day because, you know, I have to work so I can't, then it makes it that much more worth it to me to know that I've chosen this career and I've chosen this life for myself. And this is how I've handled it is looking back and knowing that I've come so far and I have been completely unstoppable in this business. And it's been amazing to watch the growth and the transformation that's come through being the spirit of wealth and really growing through my business. It's been absolutely amazing. I feel like my self-image, my self-worth is absolutely changed. It's 110% better. It's amazing to see, you know, how I've developed winning strategies through all this, all the struggles that I've had my entire life. And now finally getting to look, look at it in different ways and use the laws and really, you know, focus on the different points of my life where I was so stressed out and really look back and say that that's just the facts. That's what comes. That's the law of this or that, you know, there's so many different ways that you can look at it now. And that gives me the strength to move forward and not put so much emotion around it. So if you are facing similar challenges, if you're just dreaming and hoping that maybe someday you can have your dream business, I'm here to tell you that while it's not easy, it's absolutely worth it. And it's, amazing. And with the Spirit of Wealth or the Business Acceleration Bootcamp or any number of the things that Amira talks about, it will absolutely revolutionize your business. It's absolutely 250% worth it. And I'm so grateful that I stepped in and stepped forward. I would not be the person that I am today without Amira and her team. So I thank you and thank you all for listening. And please feel free to reach out. I'm Amanda Henry, founder of Horseback Riding Club here in Las Vegas. Amira here with a quick public service announcement. Amanda just mentioned the Spirit of Wealth program that she was in a gazillion times. In fact, all the women who are sharing with you today 
are in the Spirit of Wealth program. We're enrolling for this program and it starts in January 2021. So if you're interested in making a huge transformation in your life and your business, please check that out. Go to theunstoppablewoman.com spirit to learn more and then schedule a call with me so we can see if this is the right fit for you. Okay, with that, let's hear the rest. It was the middle of the night amidst the monotony of the pandemic and I fell headfirst down a flight of stairs. I came to as my body tumbled and landed at the bottom. I was completely bewildered. How did I get here? Can I move? I wiggled my fingers and toes. I thought, how did I get from point A, the bathroom, to feeling my body violently being propelled downwards when my end point was supposed to be back in bed next to my sleeping husband? Then I noticed how I have never seen my home from this angle. The stairwell looked expansive. I felt disjointed. Trying to piece it all together was not something I could do in that moment. Full awareness was elusive. I heard my husband call out, having been woken by unfamiliar sounds. I made a feeble attempt to call out before he found me while I was crumpled on the bottom of the stairs. He sleepily helped me up while trying to make sense of it. We slowly navigated back up the stairs when I fainted a second time, this time my fall being broken by my dog. What was happening? Earlier that day, around 9 a.m., I had sudden and acute abdominal pain. It lasted all day, nagging me, trying to get my attention. There was no relief from ibuprofen or my go-to yoga poses. All day, I couldn't get comfortable. I felt bloated, and it was hot that day. Middle of the middle of July, sweltering hot. I didn't want to eat much because I figured whatever I ate was causing this discomfort. So I pressed on, grateful that it was Saturday and took it easy, which I needed as it had been a demanding work week. Then I surrendered to an early bedtime. I figured all would be resolved by morning. An ER visit and many doctor's appointments later, there wasn't a clear diagnosis to explain my fainting spells. It could have been what looked like a ruptured ovarian cyst that presented on the CT scan, but it didn't explain the second fainting. I had never fainted before. While this wasn't reassuring, my gut told me what I needed to know. The good news is, is that while I suffered only a few broken vertebrae, I was able to fully recover. And because I don't believe in accidents, and I knew that I had a role in this, I had to dive in. What was at the heart of this experience? Yes, the pain that day was due to the ruptured cyst, but I had to ask, what lies beyond the cyst? Late in 2019, I had an income breakthrough and accepted a new position at a different organization within the same industry. Joining a new company after 16 years at my former employer was incredibly exciting, and I knew it would be challenging. I'm a marketing leader in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. A few months after joining, the pandemic hit, and our focus shifted fast into response, recovery, and resilience. At that time, I was still new, establishing myself, working long days and weekends. From day one at the new company, I felt I was always on and in go mode. It was exhilarating, and it was intense. 
I began to increase my workouts to mitigate and soothe anxiety and stress while I was also maintaining my side hustle as a yoga teacher, pivoting to online live classes, recording new content, and marketing that business. I also have two kids at home who are distance learning during the pandemic. I have the tendency to land in the overachiever slash perfectionist category. I know this isn't healthy, so I deliberately make choices so that it doesn't become a badge of honor. The fall, while physical, was my body's cry for help. I needed to slow down. No one besides myself was putting pressure on me to be more. I needed to embody that I am enough. Here's the thing. Through my recovery, I stayed unstoppable, but in a new and different way, a mindful way. And full transparency, it's something I must practice every day. I sat with it. I reflected a lot. While recovering, I had the gift of time. I let go of the things that regularly consumed me on the evenings and weekends. It provided space to enable more creativity and clarity of my purpose and goals. I believe that had I been fully listening to the needs of my body, as I have taught repeatedly through yoga, I may have been able to mitigate this experience. To be unstoppable, I needed to remove the distractions of overachieving that were ultimately taking focus away from what I truly wanted. The distractions included feeling as if I had to do certain things for my yoga business, to saying yes to too many things in my new role, and adding just one more workout into my daily routine. In hindsight, had I chosen to add more time to meditation versus additional HIIT workouts, I may be telling you a different story, and I may have given my body the break it needed from putting it into fight or flight. These distractions were fear showing up in ways that felt like achievable and safe things I could check off my list, things I could control. I have learned that when I have the courage to do less, I am able to give more to myself and to others. As a coach and mentor, my ability to be more effective has increased. It's the law of sacrifice. In yoga, we use language like surrender and letting go. As a high performer and achiever, this was a difficult and important lesson to learn, and I'm working on unpacking that too. Letting go enabled valuable hindsight. Here are five lessons I learned from my experience. Number one, remembering that I am enough. I am now able to show up as my full self. Whenever I feel insecure and the imposter syndrome mindset creeps in, I stop, take a breath, course correct, and become aware of the doubting chatter in my mind. Awareness is the first step. These thoughts are distracting, counterproductive, and take me away from my true purpose. Number two, breathe, slow down, and lean into it. I learned that when I don't give myself the time to slow down, process, and think, because that is how I do me well, and if I have too many things to think about, I chase in circles instead of directing that energy into forward momentum. This is inefficient and a waste of time. Number three, do less. This is for all of the overachievers out there. I see you. I have learned that by doing less and letting go of distractions, I have closed the gap on time in achieving my goals, and it's become easier to make progress. Number four, stay true to purpose and intention. 
I learned that when I stay true to my purpose, I am better able to walk the talk and model this behavior with the many people whom I influence. Number five, and be aware that fear can present as distractions. Sometimes we busy ourselves in ways that pull us away from our true purpose and intention. Sit with it. Be courageous and lean into what those distractions represent. I am grateful for the opportunity to share, to tell my story with the hope that this benefits at least one person. Stay aware, mindful, strong, and true. Thank you. This is Piper Dominguez, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about my year this year and some of the things that I have, um, my story. And, you know, I've had a lot happen this year that's really made me look at my life and my business and, and how I'm showing up in the world. And so much of it was not being clear on what I truly wanted, you know, feeling a push and pull between my business and my, my family life. And I would get these moments where I would, uh, do really well and find great momentum. And then suddenly I'd be pulled off track. You know, it was a lot of um, questioning. Am I even doing the right thing? Is this even what I'm here to do? And, you know, really questioning my life purpose and what I was doing in my business. And so there was a lot of stopping and going. And when you stop and go, it's hard to maintain momentum. And, you know, it felt really disheartening and disappointing so much of the time. And like, kind of like I was on a roller coaster where I was, having these great highs and then suddenly I would get pulled off and then have this really deep low. And, and it seemed like everything was like right there, especially on those highs. Like I was almost there. I could almost touch it. And then all of a sudden I'd get taken off course again and go back into a low. And yet it was still there. You know, this thing that I was thinking that I was going for, it was just a little bit further away and it kept getting a little bit further away and I just couldn't ever seem to, to quite touch it. And you know, through this process, I really realized that it was an, an internal conflict that I really kept trying to fix externally. And while the external is always a reflection of the internal, you can't just change your circumstances or the things on the outside and expect things to fall into place. You know, it, it just doesn't work like that. And what I realized was I was really being called to deepen my faith in the laws and the faith in myself, the trust in myself. And from that place, um, really kind of live my life. And I really had to get clear on what it was I really wanted for my business and for myself, you know, not what somebody else said or what somebody else thought I should do, or, you know, even looking at somebody else's business or, you know, how they were showing up thinking, oh, that's what I want too. Um, but, you know, not really, it just wasn't really connected. It wasn't in full alignment. And you know, I really had to get honest with myself and what was happening in my life and my business and what I was really no longer willing to tolerate. And then from that place, really breathe into what I was being called to. And I had to start making very small choices on a daily basis that led to these small actions in my business and in my life in order to start building that self-trust and to start building up my faith. And it started, I would say, um, at the beginning of the year, but there was a real turning point um, in the fall when my husband and I decided to sell our house. And it really allowed me to see how the laws come into play in, in one's business and one's life when they're allowed to work. 
And so, you know, my husband and I decided to move and sell a house that I absolutely adored and, you know, move from a, a place that very much feels like home. And I watched how, as we prepared to sell and how quickly our house sold, how easy the whole process was. And what it did was it really showed me to trust in the unfoldment of our desire or in, in our case, our goal to sell our house. And what it did was it kind of sparred me to look at, um, you know, what are the goals and the desires I was um, putting out there for my business and for myself where I was trying to manipulate or control instead of allowing the laws to, to work. And I had to let go of a lot of old programming, a lot of old stories and beliefs, and the meaning that I was really holding around those those things for myself as a coach and in my business and how I was showing up in my business and instead really focus on the possibilities that were um, on the other side of all of that. You know, just like with my house, I had to let go of my house in order to really see the possibilities for my life that lay ahead. And there was um, this moment of contemplation of really looking at what needed to be shifted and what was, what was needing transitioning. And so it started with me really owning my gifts as a coach and really stepping into full alignment with, with that and really gaining more clarity around who I am as a coach and how I'm showing up and who I'm meant to serve and, and how I want to serve in this world. And so, you know, I, I made a bold external move by cutting my hair into a mohawk, but what it did was it really, um, helped me to feel more bold and more empowered on the inside. And so by doing that, it helped me show up in a different way with my clients and um, in my business. And so, you know, one of the things that I was really wanting this year was to step into the spirit of wealth for 2021. And I had uh, told myself I couldn't for many reasons. So I was really believing and allowing these excuses to run as to why I couldn't have what I wanted. And so the hair comes into play because um, I I finally got honest with myself and, and realized that that is exactly what I needed for not only my business growth, but for my own personal growth for next year. And it was also very important for me to pay for the deposit myself. It was an old money story that I had been working with. And so I set out the goal to um, to make the deposit. And within three days, I had actually signed a new client and I had enough for the deposit I had um, a little bit more for some other things, and it really gave me a boost of confidence in my business and in my in my coaching, and so it really opened a, a doorway. And um, so much of my story has been about really getting out of my own way, and it has been about not playing the victim in my life and really trusting the laws, even when I didn't have any evidence that I could do it or that it would possibly work. And so what I've learned in the process is that in order to grow, you really have to do things differently in a different way. You have to be able to see with um, different eyes. And it's about really being willing to be kind of the fool for love for what you want and it really took getting clear on my desire, even if it was just a very small aspect of a larger desire, and really trusting in, in that and in myself that I am worthy and I'm deserving of all that I want in my life. And so it was so much about recognizing my, like I said, my own gifts and stepping really fully into that and then bringing that forward in service. And so it's helped me to really 
think about turning the light away from myself um, because when we keep our light within it's it's selfish and i didn't see that before and so when you turn your light on others as i've done it allows them to really shine their light brightly and in return then i am able to really recognize more of my own light and offer it more out in service to the world so this summer um I had to go through the painstaking process of hiring for one of our most important positions. And that's not to say that, you know, it's the most important, but it is a very important role. Um, And as I try to impress upon people, um, you know, you're part of a wheel and everything that you do, the decisions you make, uh, any mistakes you make, and when you get things right, that all affects everybody around you. It's, you know, we're a cohesive group um, and it's really important to have everybody working together as a team. So um, you're not in your own little silo, even though it may feel that way, especially if you're working virtually. Um, And so anyway, I had uh, gone through the painstaking process of going through all these interviews and taking time out of the business, sitting with everybody half an hour, maybe longer sometimes, re-interviewing people, taking notes, checking references, you know, pondering what they would say, and finally making a decision on somebody Um, We started to onboard them. I took time out of my weekend to try and get them, you know, going a little bit faster. And, um, and when I came in on Monday morning, I get an email saying, you know, uh, now that I've had some time to do a little homework on uh, taxes and how they're done for um, people working from home, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So I, you know, of course, I was a little irritated. And I thought, well, that's something you should have done ahead of time. Okay, fine. Back to the drawing board. Let's move on. I hire somebody else. And I think I've found a great person. Things are going great. She's learning at a quick clip. She's fitting into the groove. She's really grabbing everything and and learning really well. And about two and a half weeks in, I get an email that says, um, you know, while I was looking, while I was interviewing with you, of course, I was looking for a job. So I dropped applications with a lot of different companies. And one of the companies I applied to is a company I used to work for. And it's a company that I really wanted to go back to. So um, I'm going to go ahead. They've offered me a job. I'm going to go ahead and take that. Thank you for everything. No need to keep investing in me. Uh, Let me know what you want me to do to wrap up everything. And I just completely just was so blindsided and upset um, that anybody would think that it's okay to give somebody basically two days notice and say, hey, I'm leaving. Um, It was very upsetting. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it's just me and my perception. Maybe it really is two weeks notice. Let's see what happens. So I sent her an email and I said, yes, thank you for the offer. I would love for you to help wrap up some things. Um, Here's what you can do. Uh, Let me know. And she wrote me back the next day and said, okay, uh, this is all done. If I don't hear from you by four o'clock today, I'm going to go ahead and just assume that we're done and I'll go ahead and disconnect my company email. So not only was this person giving less than two weeks notice, less than not even 48 hours notice, she was giving less than 24 hours notice. And I was mad. I was really upset. I was really frustrated. I sat there thinking, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening? Okay, so enough of the pity party, let's move on and hire someone else. I hired somebody else. um, And about three weeks into the whole thing, you know, just, hey, listen, um, I'm not sure this is really a fit for me. I'm not really uh, 
you know, really enjoying the work. And I think I'd rather, you know, go in the direction of doing more research or whatever it was. And it was just a really frustrating time for me because for me being part of being professional is not just showing up in a suit or showing up ready to go to work and being on time. It's how you handle yourself all the way around. And I couldn't understand why it was okay in anybody's mind to give less than two weeks notice to behave the way they were behaving. And it was, it was really frustrating. Um, And in that frustration, I realized, you know what, if I'm really going to be honest with myself, there's something here for me to learn. I don't know what it is. I don't know why this is happening now, but I really, I'm really uncomfortable. And my goal is to get what I can out of this experience to learn and to move my way through it as quickly as possible. So I can get to a different level, another level in my business where I'm happier and we have that cohesive team that I really want. So for me, um, I decided that in wanting to learn from a lesson, it meant keeping my head down, really going back to the principles and going, okay, let's look at this. Don't take things personally. It's just a process and it's only going to have any meaning depending on the meaning that I give it. And I decided I'm going to make this a positive thing and I am going to work my way through this as quickly as possible. So I did. And I became very good at hiring people and hiring people in a very short period of time and hiring great people as well. And um, it really, it really made the process a lot better. It also made me look back and realize how I was making the process so difficult. I was taking a lot more, um, a lot more steps than were necessary. um, And I was really kind of overthinking things. So looking back on it, I'm really grateful for the experience and for nothing else, it gives a great story, but also just a great lesson in keeping on, keeping on and, um, you know, just really staying focused and, you know, not getting too heady about things. Hey there, my friend, do you resonate with what you just heard? Then head over to our free resource page and get more of our good stuff, including our free Unstoppable Woman playbook and money breakthrough system. You'll find that and more at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and I'll see you in the next episode.